Hey, hey, it's Andy Anas, and you're watching another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, the first inaugural Let's Rage Cougs of the men's basketball season, and what a triumph that was for the number three ranked team in the entire country. Uh, the Houston Cougars put a beating on Northern Colorado. A final score, Houston was victorious 83-36 to over Northern Colorado. And, uh, I mean, to be quite frank, Probably wasn't even that close, Chris, when, in regards to how that matchup went. It was really a uh, lopsided. And honestly, uh, what we expected, uh, in particular, I believe the line heading into the game, at least yesterday, was at about 21 points. Um, so that was covered by the University of Houston. Uh, really a, a, a very successful opening game for Houston. Um, Chris, what were your overall thoughts? Um, the better team won, obviously. Your guarantee was correct. You said Kuzu covered the 21, and they did by 47. They won by 47. Defense carries the offense. That's the Cougar basketball. They play defense. They rebound. Marcus Sasser started off kind of slow, missing, I think, his first three shots. But he finished the game 7 for 14 from the floor. Scored a game out of 21 points. Contribution from everybody is a, is a Coug win. As Coach Santos said to us post-game, anybody complaining about Jairus Walker's Three for 14 shooting. He had 12 rebounds, six offensive and six defensive, just like a Coug does. So Jairus Walker did just fine tonight. No worries about his shooting whatsoever. I'm waiting to, to bring in Dayon on the show. I'm not sure he's disappeared from the screen, so I'm waiting for him to give me a signal before he can uh, get on. But, uh, Chris, like you mentioned, at top to bottom, I think very clearly um, it, it was very clear that Marcus Sasso was the best player on the court um, tonight against Northern Colorado and, and – his first game since he suffered that broken foot injury a year ago, uh, over close to a year ago now, he suffered that injury uh, Christmas week, which Kelvin Sampson always mentions it uh, throughout how, how bad it was during that Christmas week for the Cougars. But um, he had 21 points. He shot four of eight from three. His shot looked really, really good. I mean, he just looked comfortable overall, which not too surprising. But um, as we bring in Dayon Dunlap. Dayon, how are you doing, sir? Dan, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Sweet. Um, I mean, we're, we're just talking about Marcus Sasser. What uh, What were your takeaways from seeing Marcus Sasser uh, play against North Colorado? Uh, from our viewpoint, he was clearly the best player on the court. Yeah, it looked like uh, Marcus Sasser we've seen throughout his entire career. Shot looked good. Finished around the rim looked good. Um, didn't force any shots. Let the game come to him. Pretty looked like Marcus that I'm used to seeing. For sure. And on that note, we um, before we shout it out and send uh, what Marcus Asser had to say post game in regards to him being back back, we have to give a shout out to you see there, Chris, we have a whole line of sponsors now. We have Hoop and Holler, Houston, Houston Sports Micro Collective. Um, they are the entity behind Star Pizza commercials, which now Star Pizza in and of itself, they are their own sponsor as well. So big props to Mike Pittman for being able to put that together. And we have a new sponsor not seen uh, in regard to the football at Rage Cougs, but the Fritz Kennel on uh, 9513 uh, uh on Houston, Texas. Be sure to check them out and thanks uh, to them for being a sponsor uh, throughout November for the men's basketball shows of Let's Rage Cougs. And on that note, we'll toss it over to Marcus Sasson here, what he had to say post game on his first game back in almost a full calendar year for the Cougars. Familiar faces and new faces. Right. Um, it was, you know, exciting, fun. 
a lot of emotions really. It's been like almost 11 months since I've been, you know, out there with these group of guys. So being out there with them tonight, um, yeah, it was real fun and exciting to see all the hard work we've been putting in since June um, to see it pay off. And, you know, just it was fun to go out there and just build our chemistry, you know, from game one. You know, Marcus, I saw him after you hit one of those threes early in the second half, you kind of let out an expression, kind of yelled to the crowd. Was there, you know, like a specific moment where you're kind of like, all right, I'm back out here? Yeah, that was um, that was probably one of the moments, you know, um, being able to play in front of that fan base, you know, um, it's always fun to play in front of them. And then, you know, just hitting that three and transition um, from a great pass Jamal did. And what's crazy is I talked to him right before they played. So, you know, when I did make it, it just let out all the expression. So, yeah. Once again, there you heard Marcus Sasser speaking post game on really being out on the court for the first time in almost a calendar year, and you kind of segueing a little bit there because he he mentioned Jamal Shed and Jamal Shed um, had a really strong performance when it came to a facilitator. He had nine assists, only one turnover. I mean, really, he was the he was the floor general for Houston, and um, big big shouts to him because he was able to pass it around, especially with Northern Colorado, what they were doing. Uh, they played two three zone for uh, the entire game. It looked like there and, and really Houston and never seemed like they were in a rush. They were always patient when they were uh, in their half court set. It took the Cougs a while to adjust to the zone defense in the first half because as, as coach Sam, anybody who follows the Cougs knows the Cougs do not practice against zone very often. They go against zone. I think coach said one day so far this, this season, they practice against the zone once. So any struggles offensively against his own is expected because the Cougs go against man-to-man every day. That's how they defend. Every day is man-to-man. So the zone gave them some issues. Second half was much better. But we got to say, we kind of slipped, dropped the ball here. The win was great. It was Coach Sampson's seventh hundred in his career, 200th win as a coach of the Houston Cougars. And as uh, Stephen Hiller says in the comments, Kelvin Sampson is a leader. So kudos to Coach Sampson for getting 200 for UH wins and 700 in his career. And whoever it was, we got to give credit to UH staff for that video board presentation they did after the game. Former players throughout Coach's career congratulating him for win number 700 in his great career. Oh, absolutely, Chris. You hit it right on the head, especially when we came to the video package. That's something that uh, Kelvin Sampson himself said. That that's that's the moment that got him when he got to see all his former players, even some former coaches as well. Here's what Kelvin Sampson had to say specifically, or here's what Kelvin Sampson had to say specifically about reaching that milestone: 700 career wins, 200 at the University of Houston. That's a lot of wins. Mind watching all the former players. No, that that's that's what got me. Which might which. Which tells you that it's not my 700 wins, it's our 700 win. You know, so it was so good to see Joe McClafferty, who uh, was one of my first recruits uh, way back in uh, 1981, 42 years ago. And I'm looking at him up there, and I still remember going to Butte Central High School um, to see Joe. So proud of him and the uh, uh, his family. He's got a daughter that's a uh, MD, a doctor. He's got another uh, daughter that's a uh, uh, an, an attorney. Uh, he's got a son that uh, works in finance. He and his wife Therese are just awesome people. Uh, DJ White um, was the uh, Big Ten Player of the Year, first round draft choice from uh, Thunder. 
um, Nate Hinton, Ron Barnes, <laughs> um, uh, West Van Beck. I mean, those are my dudes. And those are my guys. And that's they, they their um, their handprint and everything that they've uh, accomplished is uh, on this ball. You know, it's, it's fitting that Karen was out there, and she's been with me longer than anybody. You know, um, you know we're young, basically young kids, and we 23 years old when we got married. And, 24 we're renting the U-Haul truck driving from North Carolina to East Lansing, Michigan, and next year we're we're that next summer we're at East Lansing, Butte, Montana, and we didn't know nothing. So, um, but I, I appreciated. Uh, first of all, I appreciate whoever put that together. You know, Darren Selby, who was who was was uh, so scatterbrained when I coached him at uh, Oklahoma. Um, all those guys just turn out to be such great people. And, you know, and all, all these guys I have now, you know, you have so many teams. This is my 34th different team. Uh, and I love them all. You know, they may not know it at the time, but uh, as time goes on, they realize um, uh, the impact we have on each other. So once again, that was Houston head coach Calvin Sampson talking about uh, those 700 wins and really kind of taking a really good uh, kind of a window into his life. You know, I mean, starting way back whenever he got his first career win um, to now, it's really been a journey for Houston. And I mean, I think it's kind of interesting, too, when you, you think about it, he's notched 200 career wins at Houston. He's now on, this is his first win um, entering his ninth season here in Houston, but just what he's been able to do here at Houston is honestly aston astonishing. It's a, it's, it's a grand achievement. It is for sure. Let me ask you guys, because I'm kind of curious. I was thinking about it off the top of my head. How many of those wins did Fabian White, was Fabian White a part of? A hundred and how many? Because, I mean, just, just think about that. Fabian has been around for, what is that, 65% of coaches' wins at Houston? Spectacular career. For Fabian, whatever it is, 50%, 55%, whatever, it's a lot. So, and Fabian White was part of the tribute, the video tribute as well to Coach Sampson. So, as we got, let me let me put this up. Going to, we're having fun here at the inaugural Let's Rage Cougs here. It's going to be a great season. I think everyone believes that, expects that, looking forward to it. But 700 wins over career, 200 as a coach of the Houston Cougars in eight seasons plus one going into the, the ninth season just started. So, Dan, what, what are your thoughts on Houston's defense tonight against Northern Colorado? I think that's, the, that's the, the highlight of the night really is the defense. I think offensively is pretty much what I expected as far as what I've seen from them. But defensively, they look like a well-oiled machine. They play it on one accord like they normally do, close it out, nothing easy especially playing a guard that's averaged over 20 points and not really having, not allowing anyone to score in double digits, only teammate field goals. I mean, that defense was was something that it travels. And that's what you hear a lot from the program is that defense travels, you're not always going to make shots. But when you play defense and defend the way they do, it was very, very, very impressive. Yeah, you touched on it. Dalen uh, Kuntz was their leading scorer. He scored three points tonight against the Cougs and was zero for nine from the floor going against Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd. So 
Those two guards for the Cougs lead the way. They are the head of the snake defensively, and they took out Dalen Kuntz from the game, and that's made him a non-factor. Big, big reason for the huge, huge win for Houston tonight. Yep, and Jamal, he controlled the pace of the game, really on defense and offense, specifically offense. Never rushed anything. I always got them in their sets, made sure that they moved the ball, got everyone good looks and good spots, got Jaywan a couple easy looks with those him being in the dunk spot. And so he he had a very, very impressive game as well. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting that you guys uh, mentioned uh, the defense because, Chris, you were there. You heard Kelvin Sampson talk about um, kind of along the lines of a non-negotiable when it comes to Houston and their standard. Um, you know, he said before any player can become uh, a great player for the University of Houston, the first thing they got to do is they got to learn how to practice with the program. And it, it, it starts with being able to instill a lot of really those corners, the, those corners for Houston in the program. And in particular, it comes to defense because, uh, Dan, it's funny that you, you mentioned it, that one thing we know that Houston's going to do night in and night out is defend. Um, and it, Really, Kelvin, it's like you were in the press conference um, just a few minutes ago because Kelvin Thompson literally uh, said that and he went back to gave an example of what happened last year in the Elite Eight. You know, uh, even though Houston was held to 44, Villanova was held to 50 points. So Houston had a chance uh, right there to, to, you know, pull out a win in the Elite Eight um, behind such a an abysmal shooting night they had from the three-point line. And that's something that that's become the identity for Houston teams year in and year out. The Cougs scored 32 points in the first half on 33% shooting, but were up 19 points at the half because of their defense. They limited the Bears to 21% shooting in the first half, four for 19. So the Bears made four shots in the first half and six in the second half. That's 10. (laughs) 10 field goals out of 39 attempts. Houston forced numerous shot clock violations. They disrupted a lot of what the Bears wanted to do offensively. So it's a hallmark of the Houston culture. It's defense first. Dan, you said it. Defense travels. So even when the Cougs, and they're going to have a lot of games probably, potentially this season, where they don't shoot well from the floor. But the defense will keep them in the game in every game they play this season. Defense and rebounding, those are two things that is what they're known for, and that's what they did well tonight. And um, also, I was looking at the rotation. That was the one thing that I wanted to keep an eye on was the rotations. I know the one thing that made Coach Sampson great is on a nightly basis, he lets the game tell his own story so the rotations could switch at any time. But with it being the first game of the season, I wanted to see who was that first guard coming off the bench, who's who's the officials, the starters, and some of the the different lineups that they use. And so – um, with the length, I think Jerry's he, he I didn't realize as, as he is as big as he is and as tall as he is. So although he's a power forward and, and can really play some three, even I think once he get to the next level, but in college, he can play some five. I think some teams he's going to be guarding some fives because he's so tall and so long and so physically gifted, physically strong. And so, so I was really impressed with this, his size. Um, he struggled shooting the ball, but he dominated the glass. You can see, especially in that second half before they took him out, 
what they're going to be doing as far as isolating him in that mid-post area where they used to feed Fabian and hit his ability to whether face up, take you off the dribble, back you down, and just finish with both hands. He, his supreme athleticism was, was on display tonight. I'm, I can't wait to see him continue to develop in this system. And, and let me say before Andy jumps in, anybody who watched the games in person on ESPN Plus, Coach Sampson said after in post game, <laughs> Jarris's injury was cramps. Okay, muscle cramps in his stomach. That's what it was. It was cramps. So anybody and kudos to somebody who tweeted at me. Well, hopefully it's just cramps. Well, that's what it was. So good call. That's all it was. It wasn't a muscle tear or anything major. And Coach Sampson, it was a funny post game. <laughs> I mean, it really was a funny post game. So where the Coos content so is posted on YouTube or wherever they're going to post it in entirety, check it out because there were some funny comments, great stories being told. But, yes, Jairus Walker has just stomach cramps. That's what it was. Another player that got out to a good start with Jamal Mark. Um, I really like the way he looked. You could tell his body really developed a lot. And um, he didn't look as well he's going to look with going against man-to-man because the zone, they wanted to keep the guards in front of him, not because they knew they couldn't guard Houston um, one-on-one. But his ability to shoot the three, he may – I know in the first half – when I last time I looked at the score, he was two for three. So I don't know if he shot any more threes. But he made his first two, and his shot looked really good, his form and everything. So – um, and he defended really well and rebounded really well. That's one thing I told Andy that I was looking for, which guard is going to rebound. Because over these last four or five years, Houston has had one guard that rebounded really well. I think Jermon is going to be the one that's going to rebound really well this year. For sure. And a couple things before we play the final uh, clip that we have of Kelvin Sampson kind of talking more in depth of um, this game against Northern Colorado. But, uh, Dayon, you mentioned it. Jairus Walker uh, struggled shooting from the field, but that that didn't matter. Chris, you mentioned at the top of the show uh, what Kelvin Sampson said. What really mattered for Houston was that other ways he was able to impact the game, in particular on the offensive glass. Uh, And we know that that's that's another one of uh, the calling cards for the Houston Cougars, this offensive rebounding. He had six offensive rebounds. And I think it's it's kind of uh, key – and I can't. It was a play in the first half uh, when Houston had four offensive rebounds in one position, um, and it led to Marcus Asser three. And there were three different players that got in an offensive rebound for Houston, um, and that, that really just exemplifies the identity that Houston has been able to build. We expe- expect this um, those plays from Houston is something that Kelvin Sampson has said count, countless times. You know, they have to be able to be a good second, third, fourth shot, or in this case, a fifth shot team, being able to, to beat opponents in that way. Uh, but, Dan, you hit it right on the head when it comes to Tremont Mark II. You hit his first uh, two threes. He certainly, <clears throat> I agree when it comes to, to the way he's been able to look, especially early on. Um, this is barely the first game, and, and what we saw in the in the limited times that we have been able to see him throughout October, he certainly looks much more comfortable as a scorer, at least from my viewpoint. And uh, like you mentioned, when it comes to that first guard that came off the bench for Houston, uh, it was Ramon Walker, which uh, you know that's that's something Samson had, I, I believe it was last week, where he had mentioned you know that experience he was able to get under his belt a season ago. Um, was really what put him ahead of some of the other guards. But Ramon Walker did well. He, of course, just minutes after he checked into the game, uh, both he and Reggie Chaney were diving for a loose ball not too long after. So, again, top to bottom, that's that's just the identity that Houston's been able to create and already playing to in game one. And Dayon touched on about the who's going to rebound from the guard spot. Jamal Mark had five boards. 
Terrence Arsenal had four boards coming off the bench. So there's a two guard you're going to count off rebounding. Juwan Roberts had six. Big man J.B. Francis, well, long-armed man J.B. Francis had three blocks. So the Cougs might have a different look for people defensively this, this year with uh, shot blocking from J.B. Francis. So it's, it's just uh, Jess Walker had a block shot that he swatted into, <laughs> into the seats to kind of send a message early in the game. So defensively, he did his role defensively. Shots are coming, though. He'll be fine there. He didn't make shots tonight at a high clip. No worries. He got done in other aspects of basketball, and he played like a Houston Cougar. He bought into the culture early, and that's a great sign going forward. Yeah, yeah, that is, it is a great sign going forward. I can't wait to see um, him continue development. I, I like the way <clears throat> the freedom he plays with. Um, he seemed free out there. Shots just didn't fall. But uh, another player that looked really good in, in limited minutes, uh, of course, off the bench, I, I'm sure we're talking about him later, um, Emmanuel Sharp. But, but also uh, Ramon Walker. He, only, he didn't play that much, but his body, he looked like a football player out there. Like on, on TV, he looked yoked. And I know his dad was in the NFL. He got good genetics, made his first three. He didn't really take many shots. He knows his role and he uh, he's gonna be really good. But I think the rotational player, that's that's what I can't wait to see. And because Tremont is, I think he's gonna shine even more when the floor is spread in that nine in that zone because he's a scorer. He can shoot, but I think he's a really he can score, especially on all three levels, mid-range, he can get inside and play mate. And so I, I just can't wait to see them continue to play. First game of the year. Looked like the first game to me. I didn't really put much um, in stock to this game, but they look dominant like they're supposed to. Oh, yeah, they, they look dominant. And uh, 10 guys played as a, a nominal rotation for most of the game. And then Emmanuel Sharp came in and scored 11 points in seven-plus minutes. So it could be a 10-minute rotation this season. And it's 10 talented players. 10 versatile players for the Cougs, and they're going to give – they have the flexibility to give teams different looks. I know Coach Sampson has talked about it a few times, that he's been too deep. Every team has been too deep uh, since he's been here. But this year's depth is a little different. I think if we're being, from our perspective, outside looking in, this team is one of – is the most talented team that Coach Sampson has had at Houston. Now they got to be – combine that talent with toughness. And then we'll see, once they do that, how far the team can go. Absolutely. And on that note, we'll play the final clip uh, from Calvin, Calvin Sampson's post-game availability where he talked much more specifically about how this game against Northern Colorado went. But first, once again, I'd like to give a shout-out to the sponsors of today's Let's Rage Cougs, uh, Hoop and Holler, the Houston uh, Cougar Sports Micro Collective, they're the entity behind those great commercials that you see uh, with Star Pizza, the Anthony Jones commercial, the, the Hawk commercial that if you've uh, watched Let's Rage Cougs for the football show, you've seen it uh, throughout our show. Um, and obviously those commercials are in a partnership with Star Pizza. Um, so those two are kind of partnered together, but Hoop and Holler is the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials. Of course, we have to give shout out to Star Pizza because you know, they're not just making commercials about anything else. They're making it about the pizza. And one of these days, Chris, you and I have to go down there and try uh, some Star Pizza because they have been so wonderful being one of the original sponsors uh, for Let's Rage Cougs. And a new face on 
Let's Rage Cougs, the Fritz Kennel, for being a sponsor during the men's basketball season. They uh, were gracious enough to be able to join us this November to be a sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs during the men's basketball season. And on that note, we'll send it over to Kelvin Sampson and what he had to say on his thoughts after the Northern Colorado game. Well, we always have a game plan, you know, defensive um, strategy, scheme, whatever you want to call it. You know, we just always hung our hat on defense here. You know, there's three things that, that uh, it's, it's allowed us to be successful year in, year out, regardless of what team it is, is we defend, we, re- we rebound, and we take care of the ball. Now, the uh, Coombs kid had 25 in the first half last year at Arizona. He's a really good player. Probably one of the top two players in this conference. He and Johnson, who had um, uh, averaged 14 a game last year, they had zero at halftime between them. <clears throat> Nothing against those guys, but they had Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser uh, guarding them. You know, we've always built our defense from the point of attack back. Um, Jamal's the point of attack. <clears throat> Marcus is, uh, you know, we, we work on um, angles and stance and playing with our feet which is why uh, they were able to defend at a high level and not because they weren't in foul trouble. You know, in the two scrimmages, we couldn't keep the other two teams off the foul line because we were fouling too much. Um, that was how we, those teams scored on us mostly, was at the foul line. So we spent a lot of time uh, working on angles and uh, playing with our feet, getting our hands off of it. You know, we brought referees in and I told them, call it tight, call it tight. Anybody that had two fouls in the same possession, accountability. So uh, everything we do is accountability, man. I, I do not uh, say that's okay. No, there is accountability. Our standards, our expectations, our accountability is, uh, starts with our defense. We're not always going to shoot well. That's okay. Most teams don't shoot well against us either. You know, Villanova shot 28% against us. Um, but we were in that game because we could defend and rebound. Just like tonight, you know, I think Marcus missed his first three or four shots, something like that. You know, um, Jarris was uh, looks like he was trying to throw it in a, uh, one of those side, side pockets on the pool table. He couldn't get it to go in, um, but he, look what he did. You know, uh, he came in here in his first game as a Cougar. What did he do? Six offensive rebounds, six defensive rebounds. So the first guy to sign the double bubble for us officially tonight was Jairus Walker. I could care less about three for 14. You know, uh, you got to be pretty shallow if that's how you're going to judge his night. You judge his night by how he had, he bought into Cougar basketball. <clears throat> and I thought he was awesome tonight. You know, he, uh, he really helped himself uh, with his teammates. He defended, uh, he rebounded, and he's extremely unselfish. So, but... Uh, as the season goes on, nerves, emotion, adrenaline, nothing like the first game. That's why uh, November basketball is nothing like January basketball, February basketball. You know, we've got a lot of work to do with this bunch. You know, we're, we're a long way from being uh, as good as we can be. Um, but, you know, we just, you know, most years um, when everybody's, whatever thing, whatever, uh, people are saying about us outside of us doesn't matter it's not really uh, important it does because it doesn't when we practice in there there's nobody in there 
you know, how we prepare when nobody's watching is uh, prepares us for when everybody's uh, watching. So-, so once again, that was Houston head coach Calvin Sampson. There you heard him touch on again in particular um, in regards to other performance that Jarris Walker had. I want to pivot to uh, on the topic of freshmen um, in particular. Uh, one of the other guards, Dayon, like you mentioned, Emmanuel Sharp. Uh, he only played seven minutes, seven minutes and 41 seconds, but um, he caught fire late. And let me tell you, Chris, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this scene, uh, him live. His shot is, and you've seen much more basketball than me, so I'm curious to see what you think of his shot. But to me, that's one of the quickest releases I've seen anyone live um, in my time. So I'm curious to get your thoughts. And obviously he has a touch. He hit three threes in such a short, uh, stretch. And, and he, I mean, he got the Fertitta center rocking, um, in a game that they were up 83 to 36, which is absurd. He's, he's got a quick release on his shot and he might in due time be the second best three point shooter on the team behind Marcus Sasser. He's got a, improve his defense as coach Samson joked about after the end post game, but Emmanuel Sharp folks forget before his injuries in uh, AAU basketball was ranked top 60 in the country in high school. And then once he had the catastrophic injury to his leg, he was forgotten about by everybody else, but Houston. And that's going to be their mistake. The Cougs are happy with Emmanuel Sharp. He's a great three point shooter. The rest of his game will come along. He's gotten in shape. Thanks to coach Alan Bishop. He's lost weight, lost about 27 pounds. He's slim and trim and he's, his body's toned. And I was surprised kind of when he got a opportunity in, in transition that he was going to go up for like a layup or dunk. And I was like, the game's already over. So I was like, why are you doing this? Because I was in the back of my mind thinking, Emmanuel, you've been hurt, man, in situations like this. It's how you got hurt. You know, somebody going up, you're going up for a layup and you get clocked or whatever and he came down kind of awkward so hopefully he'll learn from that because he didn't really left was unnecessary at that point in time but three-point shooting Emmanuel Sharp is in line to be one of the best shooters on this team he looked like a score he looked like he could score it looked natural to me I want to I want to see how he continues to shoot I, I'm, I ain't, I'm not going to go that far off one game because one of them threes was off the glass. He, he's supposed to shoot it because he was already hot. And so I'm going I'm to I'm pump the brakes and let me – I'm going to see more. <clears throat> but he looked good, though. He looked confident. He looked like a score. Like, that's what a score looks like. Quick release, quick form, uh, confident, pull up. Like, he looked confident as a score. Like, he looked like he knew what he was doing. And so I can't wait to see him develop more. Terrence looked good. But Emmanuel, now nah, he he looked he looked really really good offensively. He looked like a natural scorer, like his pull up. It looked like what you see in the NBA. That that hezzy pull up off the dribble is what you what you see a lot of players do. Like Paul George, that's what we remind me of when I seen him. How he pulled up and kind of yeah. So I like it. I, I can't wait to see him continue to develop. I don't know how many minutes he's gonna get it. And one thing that stood out to me that I, when we was watching um, Coach Sampson press conference um, was. He talked about them fouling a lot in the scrimmages, and that's because they were playing better guards. The guards that they played today, I'm not going to say they're not good, but they're not as good as the guards they're going to be seeing at different schools. And he talked about them fouling. That's why he um, went and got 
referees in because when they play better guards, they're going to be tested more. And then the rotation probably is going to get smaller as the season goes on. They probably play eight or nine. That's what I want to see because that's when those second units are going to be tested when somebody's in foul trouble, whether it's Marcus, Jamal, Tremont, or whatever, and game's tighter. You might be at home. You might be on the road. And so I, I can't wait to see when they play better competition to get better adjustment. But they look like Cougar basketball, defense, rebounding, and that's what Houston does with the talent. You see the talent, you see the length, you see everything on display there tonight. And I want to say this um, about Emmanuel Sharp. Around when Emmanuel first got on campus, so maybe it was when after they officially announced his signing, Coach Sampson kind of compared him, his game, to Rob Gray, being a scorer slash shooter, you know, so if he gets progresses into that kind of level, man, oh man, the future's bright for Emmanuel Sharp here in nah, the Houston Cougar program. So yeah, that, I can see that. That's the, definitely that's the that's, yeah. For Cook fans who remember Rob Gray, that's exactly who he looked like as far as his his confidence, his the way his swag on the offense. As far as yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, you right, you right on the head with that one, Chris. <laughs> because remember, Rob Gray's defense was. <laughs> Yeah. Was not Rob Gray's calling card when he first got to Houston. Man, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that one. That's good. As we begin to wrap things up here on Let's Rage Cougs, the inaugural Let's Rage Cougs of the men's basketball season, uh, one of the positions we haven't touched on uh, too much, and that's in the in the front court in particular. Uh, well, we t- touched a little bit on Jawan Roberts, but uh, Reggie Cheney was the first big man off the bench. Uh, JVA Francis played. Um, a good portion of minutes, played 15 minutes, but uh, Calvin Sampson was high on JVA as well uh, during the post game. But Chris, I'm gonna toss it over to you first. What did you see uh, just from those three players in particular, Roberts, uh, Cheney, and um, and Francis in particular? Uh, I think Jawan Roberts, he, he got the start tonight, but he had about as great of a game that you could expect from um, that position in particular. You know, he got in there, he got six rebounds. He actually finished with 12 total points, which the Cougars will take any day of the week um, in regards to him at that position. But just your overall thoughts. Uh, Jawan Roberts, they went to him down low. I mean, he was an, off- an option on offense. They looked for him on post-up. I'm not just talking about him in the dunker spot. They look to him in the post, which goes to the Houston skill development. One of the calling cards that the staff hangs their hat on is they develop players in their time at Houston in the program. So Juwan Roberts, he's added to his game in the post. He's added to his game mid-range. We didn't see three-point shot tonight, but he's worked on that too. So I see that at some point they see them as well. But Juwan Roberts, a scoring threat. Who would have thought that? You know, last year, Reggie Cheney just does what Reggie Cheney does rebounds, hustles, throws his body around. And you add Xavier Francis to that a shot blocking presence, physical presence, a different look for opponents. It's a three headed monster right there. It's, it's, just, it's more looks for opponents to have to deal with going forward. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, Jay Wine. His making is going to be all of the dirty plays. He got the first score of the game, getting the steal, getting out in transition, getting out um, rebounds. And I, that's his calling card. I don't know if he's going to be an offensive threat. <laughs> it is just but he doesn't have to be. I don't know about that. Not from, nah, I don't know about that. That's the, that's the game tonight, who they played tonight. But better competition. I don't know if you're going to be feeding him on the block. Um, 
But he did it with his thing tonight, and he continued to develop. He made that next step, 100%, 100%. But, man, his his energy, his energy, I think I, I seen him talking a lot to Jairus. I think his leadership is, is really, really looks like it's going to impact this team. And not only – you know what? I'm going to compare him to somebody to football on the football team, Parrish. That's who he reminds me of, just, just in his – ability to affect the game with his energy his tenacious tenaciousness his um aggressiveness that's i think that's what he's going to bring to this team i think some nights he will um be in double digit scoring i think he can be a um average a double double i think he can do that he can average 10 and 10 or maybe close to 8 and 10 i think Jarrett would be around 10 to 12 a game. And, and Reggie looked healthy tonight. Mm-hmm. Reggie looked healthy. I caught it in transition, dribble and finish. Reggie looked really, really healthy tonight. And so the front court is a three-headed monster as far as the, the – wow, Jay Wan is not really a center, but he's he's um, he's in the post. But <clears throat> I can't wait to see um continue to play and play better competition. I think they're going to have a great season. But Javier, too. Man, he got a ton of potential. I think he's a little more gifted than Chris Harris, but he has that same defensive presence as far as shot blocking, his length, can catch oops and all that. I think on the offensive end, he's a little bit better offensively. I can't wait to see him continue to develop. One of the underrated aspects um, when it comes to Jawan Robertson, we didn't even get to see, and it's something that um, at least during the preseason, throughout all of October, Chris, I know you've seen it, multiple times him and Jarvis Walker after after their practices are in they start they are shooting uh threes from all over the place and they're just taking turns shooting threes threes and that's something that we didn't really get a chance to see but I'm curious to see as this season develops and even on to next season um I mean that would be a layer to his game that would really um give him an extra versus an extra layer of versatility that we haven't been able to showcase and something that we've seen in the past guys like Fabian White um, where he started off, he was kind of like a mid-range specialist, and slowly throughout his course at Houston, he started stretching out beyond to last season when he was knocking down three-pointers um, with a level of certainty um, that he he continued to get throughout his time at Houston. That's something that's going to be an underrated aspect. On your point of Reggie Cheney, Dayon, absolutely. There was a – I don't know if it was in the fast break, but there was a point where Reggie Cheney, I believe it was a fast break, and he had a, an athletic layup um, towards this end – um, towards where the media press is on on the basket, and when I saw that, I was like, "Okay, Reggie, that that that's that absolutely what you guys said in terms of health. That's awesome to see, uh, especially in particular uh, what what he talked about last year, especially with the the hand injury that he suffered, where there was a point he couldn't even um, you know make a full fist with his hand, which is um, crazy to think about. But obviously, from what we saw in game one, that's that's what you want to see from a health standpoint." Um, we're wrapping up nearing the end. I'm going to toss it over to you, Chris, just in terms overall takeaways, maybe one one final note in regards to this game against Northern Colorado. The takeaway is, as we're wrapping up, is the, the media staff, UH, is wrapping up too. So, so I guess it kind of kick us out as well as we're doing everything here on Let's Raid the Cougs Basketball Edition. But the Cougs are versatile offensively now. They're going to be led by Marcus Sasser, Jamon Mark, Jamal Shea might get his. Jamal, Jamal's going to get the assist. And then you got Jairus Walker. I mean, think about it. Jairus Walker is a five-star, and he's going to be probably the fourth option <laughs> in the offense right now. And then grow into that as the season progresses. Juwan Roberts is a fifth option. But damn, he might be a double-double threat. I mean, think about that. 
your fifth option might be a double double threat going forward this season. So the versatility is there for Houston. Northern Colorado may be the middle of the pack in the Big Sky this year, but there was a good chance with the Cougs go against zone defense, which they probably will see a few more times this season. They did better in the second half against it, but that defense just locked down the Bears, held on 36 points. Not one player for Northern Colorado scored in double digits. So Houston Cougars defense did it once again. And Kelvin Sampson got win number 700 for his career and win number 200 in his U.S. coaching career. Dan, same question for you. I'm going to toss it over. What was one main takeaway you took away from this game? Yeah, just like Chris, I was thinking versatility. That's exactly what I was thinking, um, versatility. I think not only defensively but offensively, just like Chris said, they're going to be very, very versatile. Um, Terrence, with his length, uh, I think he's going to have a, a really big impact as the season goes on. I think there are going to be some lineups with either Jarris and Jaywan at the five spot with four guards, just depending on foul trouble, just depending on how the game goes on. And so versatility, 100%, I think they can – beat you from outside. They can beat you um, driving from scoring in the paint. I think they're going to be able to beat you from a plethora of ways. And so versatility is definitely what stuck out to me outside of the culture of rebounding in basketball. I agree with Chris 100%. And kind of uh, read a point to, to piggyback, uh, piggyback off of both of you guys in regards to um, – versatility but depth this is something that it's a night and day difference from where they were a season ago there were some games where they were just uh, totting out seven man lineups just because of injuries and and really where they had gotten to a point but in particular they they played nine different guys um well they played 11 guys total <coughs> so we're gonna have to <coughs> adjust but they played 11 guys total um, and that's going to be – it's a night and day difference from their worst season ago. It's going to be curious to see how they go as they transition. Give me the mic. There we go. And he's got the, got the frog in his throat. But I think what he wanted to say is they played nine guys. Nine guys played at least ten minutes of action. So that's part of the depth. And it's more talented depth. Coach mm-hmm. Samson won't – he won't say it. So it's, we're going to say it for him. It's yeah. one of the, it's his most talented team here at Houston, but talent alone won't be enough for the Cougs to win ball games. They still got to play with the culture, still got to play tough, still got to rebound and defend, and they do that combined with the talent that this team has. The end goal, Dayon, you know the end goal. Your mm-hmm. goal, I'm saying, I'm putting it out there in the universe for you, Dayon Dunlap, is for you to be here in April for the Final Four in Houston to watch the Houston Cougars in the Final Four. 100 percent I'll be there for sure. Depth, talented, depth. I agree with it. Only thing they lack is experience. Some of those that's, it. that's the only thing. And so as the season goes on, they continue to get that experience on their belt. By the time March, April rolls around, they're gonna be rolling. I'm gonna be right there for 100 percent for sure. Okay, I'm back <laughs> after uh, my death. <laughs> We're gonna wrap it up. I need water. I need honey. Um, but anyways. Um, this is a, a very good inaugural men's basketball show, and I'm trying to wrap this up before my voice completely dies. But uh, thank you, Dan, for hopping on. Chris, for being able to do this live from the Fertitta Center. Um, once again, the final score, Houston defeated Northern Colorado 83-36. Uh, to 36. Marcus Sessler led in all scores with uh, 21, 21 points. He went four of eight from threes. Uh, Dan, I'm going to toss it over to you. Where can people find you on Twitter, sir? You can find me just like my name says under um, on my screen at Dayon Dunlap. 
follow me Instagram. Um, before you follow me, just follow the show, Pod Slam Majama. Make sure you like and subscribe not only to our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to um, the, the YouTube channel that we're on right now, that, that we're on right now, partnering w- with Chris. And so um, it was website, everything. But um, thank you guys for continuing to allow me to be a, a part of with you guys, man. I'm very appreciative. And Chris, I'm going to toss that over to you, sir. Where can people find you? And I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar View. Uh, I'm glad Andy took the bulls by the horns and, and made these post-game shows possible. He had the idea because we were discussing it about a year ago that uh, there was no post-game show in Houston for University of Houston Athletics college teams. You know, we got post-game for the Texans and Astros and the Rockets, but there's nothing like this. So Andy's done a great job of making this a success. Thank you to these kills, Ace Town, King Jaja, Kickface, everybody tuning in. Wanted to poke for your comments on the YouTube channel. Stephen Hiller. The next post game show will be this Friday after the Cougs face St. Joseph's in Annapolis. That game is going to start at five o'clock. It's going to be on the CBS Sports Network. So we'll be doing Let's Rage Cougs after that game. So who knows, maybe around eight o'clock, roughly. But that'll be kind of a neutral side game in Maryland for that one. But thank you everyone for making this a success. And I'm going to mention this. We had a, a fan walk past us as he's leaving the uh, Pratita Center, go up the steps, saw Andy and said, hey, let's face Cougs. You guys do, 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 a, do a great job. So Andy's famous now, man. He's popular. People know who he is. They know the show. So onward and upward for Let's Rage Cougs. Uh, thank you, Chris. You took off so much from, from what I had to talk to, and I don't know if my voice would have made it, so I pre- thank, you, thank you enough for that. But absolutely, that was that was an awesome moment um, just to be able to have people uh, recognize that's Rage Cougs. And like Chris said, that's that's the vision for it because the Rockets, the Texas, uh, the Astros, by the way, obviously they had their parade today, so congratulations to the Houston Astros. Um, but they have their own postgame show. University of Houston Athletics does it, and this could potentially be um, like you know the, answer, the Astros just won the World Series. This could potentially be that level type of the season for the Houston Cougars men's basketball team. I can't. I, I'm not going to ignore the comment. I felt today. I couldn't find Andy. I hate to refer myself in the third person to, to get my shot. Adiskele H Town, you're slacking, man. I was walking around before, and I, I even dressed up. I was all snazzy. And um, he was here early like, too. He was here early with the chance, and he blew it. Maybe next time, the next home game for the men's basketball team will uh, a week from today, November 14th, Monday against Oral Roberts in the Cougar Classic. So until then, thank you guys for tuned out like Dayon, uh, for tuning in like Dayon said. Be sure to subscribe to the Houston Round Ball Review uh, where you are watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio only version the day after, be sure to follow us both on YouTube. Subscribe to us both on YouTube, Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel. The the Pod Slam and Jamma YouTube channel. We're going to have clips of Calvin Sapps and Marcus Sasser's post game availabilities in case if you didn't uh, listen during the show and, and more that you didn't catch. Uh, Dana Hogerson's post game availability, the clip, or not post game, his weekly news conference. There's a clip of that um, for those of you that, that still want to uh, rage about the football team. On that note, until next time, see you Friday as the Houston men's basketball team takes on St. Joseph's.